Welcome to Simply PM&R, a Mayo Clinic Talks production. The simple solution for physical medicine and rehabilitation healthcare professionals keeping up while on the go. The American population is growing older at an exponential rate. In fact, we're all advancing in maturity. The question is, what is healthy aging? And how do we counsel our patients on the prevention of frailty? Today, we're joined by Dr. Dave Weber, a colleague at the Mayo Clinic and a physiatrist specializing in geriatrics and stroke rehabilitation in physical medicine and rehabilitation. Thanks for joining us today, Dave. Thanks, Jeff. It's great to be here. So, first of all, what is healthy aging? Well, Jeff, um, the World Health Organization defines health as complete physical, mental, and social well-being, not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. Uh, a recent uh, white paper on healthy aging by the American Geriatric Society defined five domains that support healthy aging. First was promoting health, preventing injury, and managing chronic conditions. Second was optimizing cognitive health. Third was optimizing physical health. Fourth was optimizing mental health. And fifth was facilitating social engagement. I want to emphasize that it's not just managing medical diseases, it's more of a comprehensive approach to address cognitive health, mental health, and social engagement, which are all important aspects of healthy aging. Staying engaged with family, friends, and the community is one of the best things that elderly people can do to optimize their quality of life. So if that's healthy aging, what is frailty? Well, frailty has been defined as a state of age-related physiologic vulnerability resulting from an impaired homeostatic reserve and a reduced capacity to withstand stressors, whether those be physical, emotional, or psychosocial stressors. Frailty is typically multifactorial, resulting from cumulative declines across multiple organ systems, and it ultimately leads to vulnerability and potentially adverse outcomes. So are there ways of uh, actually assessing frailty? Uh, yes, um, a variety of frailty scales have been developed. Uh, one of the more common ones that I like to use is the so-called frailty phenotype. It defines frailty as the presence of three or more of the following. One is unintentional weight loss greater than 10 pounds in one year. Two, decreased grip strength. Three, decreased walking speed. Four, exhaustion. Five, low physical activity. There are also much more comprehensive frailty assessments that involve dozens and dozens of factors, but they generally have more utility in a research setting as opposed to a simple assessment in the office. So how do you, how do you manage frailty? Well, first and foremost, one should look for any modifiable or treatable conditions contributing to the frailty and intervene as able. Often, straightforward interventions such as fitting someone with hearing aids so they can remain engaged, getting them fit with properly fitting dentures to optimize nutritional status, or having cataract surgery to improve vision, all those can uh, minimize frailty. One needs to address also the core manifestations of frailty with increased physical activity, strengthening as able, and optimizing nutrition. For example, activities such as ballroom dancing can help the patient not just with strength and balance, but also increase their social engagement. The other side of the frailty management coin is to minimize the consequences of vulnerability, uh, things like reducing environmental risks, fall risks, and optimizing uh, the individual's social support system. 
So what kind of things do our colleagues in physical therapy and occupational therapy have to help with the prevention of frailty? Actually, many of the interventions that I discussed earlier would fall under the purview of physical therapy or occupational therapy. Strengthening exercises like functional closed kinetic chain strengthening, such as sit to stand, uh, can improve function. Similarly, balance training is a critical component of the therapy approach to many frail individuals. Fitting a patient with a proper gait aid to minimize fall risk is important as well. Another big component of therapy is patient education, including things like avoiding risky behaviors such as standing on a chair or, or, or reviewing other safety precautions. And when all else fails and the patient inevitably falls, they may benefit from having previously been trained in proper floor-to-chair transfers uh, in physical therapy. We've all seen patients who have fallen and were not discovered for hours to days. So it is important to educate patients about having their phone on them at all times to call for assistance or to use a medical alert device. In fact, there are now medical alert devices that include accelerometers that will automatically detect a fall and summon appropriate assistance, even if the person is physically incapable of pressing the button themselves. In terms of OT, they also play a pivotal role in minimizing frailty and maintaining independence. Obviously, OT can review activities of daily living uh, with special attention to those activities that involve standing balance so that we can reduce uh, fall risk. Uh, they can also address adaptive equipment needs, particularly with regard to bathroom safety where the majority of falls in the home occur. Items such as grab bars, bath bench or sour chair, toilet seat riser, etc., can improve not just safety, but also functional independence and keep that person living uh, independently on their own at home. A formal home safety review of the patient's living situation can also reduce fall risk. When I started my training over 30 years ago, therapists would actually go to the patient's home to address home safety issues. But in today's era of virtually ubiquitous smartphones or tablets, reviewing photos or video of the home environment can often achieve the same purpose. Today's episode was sponsored by Mayo Clinic Online CME, offering on-demand medical education and a wide variety of specialties. This includes the Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation online board review course. Enter your boards with confidence, whether it's your first time through or for recertification. Learn on your own time and earn credit. Register today at ce.mayo.edu slash online. So the ultimate goal I see is patients want to return to their own home in their own living situation. This sounds like ways to help them to achieve that. Exactly. We're basically uh, helping the patient maintain their independence, but also in a safe setting. Now, Dr. Weber, you've obviously been here a while and have treated a lot of folks with these types of condition in your geriatric practice. Can you offer us some pearls about management of frailty? I would say that the biggest thing is it's all about prevention, so-called prehabilitation. That's the real key to frailty management. Preventing frailty through optimizing nutrition, maintaining physical activity, maintaining social engagement, that's much better than addressing frailty once it has developed. As trite as it sounds, an ounce of prevention is truly worth a pound of cure. So encourage your patients to make good life choices so that they can be robust, 
well into their golden years. As they say, medicine may add years to life, but it is equally important to add life to years. Now, Dave, you and I are about the same vintage. <clears throat> um, healthy aging, how do you do it? I, I would say, it, for me, it boils down to good lifestyle choices. I eat a healthy, well-rounded diet that's uh, rich in fruits and vegetables. Um, I adhere, actually, there's a concept called harahachibu, which loosely translates into 80% stomach. Uh, you might know that Okinawans have one of the uh, greatest uh, longevities in, in the world, and part of that has to do with this harahachibu concept, and they eat to 80% full. And the idea is, um, if, if you, there's been a lot of research into satiety in recent years, and most of the satiety systems take 30 to 60 minutes to, to manifest. So if you eat to complete fullness, 30 to 60 minutes later, you're just feeling terrible. Conversely, if you eat to 80% fullness, so-called harahachibu, 30 to 60 minutes later, you're comfortably full. And by limiting your calorie intake, it helps, uh, helps you with maintaining your weight. And of course, that helps you with becoming uh, or maintaining your activity as well. So activity-wise, what do you recommend? That's a great question. You know, years ago, we used to be very rigid about it had to be, oh, 30 minutes a day, five days a week of this intensity and whatnot. And, and what we found is that the more rigid the exercise uh, recommendations were, uh, the less likely people were to adhere to them. The other big thing that we noticed is the 30 minutes doesn't necessarily all need to be at the same time. It can be broken up into 10 minutes three times a day. So something as simple as you, you're running errands for the day, don't park right up front. Park way in the you know distant part of the lots where you're not going to get any door dings, and then take 10 minutes walking <laughs> into the grocery store, 10 minutes walking back. There you go, 20 minutes right there. Instead of waiting for the elevator for your fifth floor job, take the stairs. And all those little aliquots of exercise over the course of the day would have the same benefit as spending 30 minutes on the treadmill, or as many call it, the dreadmill. Uh, it would have the same exercise benefit as that. Interesting. We've been talking about geriatric rehabilitation with Dr. Dave Weber, a colleague at Mayo Clinic and a physiatrist specializing in geriatrics and stroke rehabilitation in the physical medicine and rehabilitation department. Thanks for your time, Dave. Thanks, Jeff. It was great to be here. Are you a physiatrist preparing for your upcoming PM&R Part 2 oral boards? Do you need to brush up on your examination skills? Through a combination of didactic lecture, case vignettes, optional mock oral examinations, and online modules, the PM&R Board Review course can help guide your preparation. This vital course will be held on the historic Mayo Clinic campus in downtown Rochester, Minnesota every spring just prior to the American Board of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation oral examinations. For complete course information and to receive an email when registration is open, visit ce.mail.edu slash PMR.